Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles podcast. Tonight we're coming to you from the Pomp. The Pompano is it's in the home stretch. We only have nine days left and uh, we came over here and we got a couple special guests with us tonight. We have uh, Rockstar Wilkie and we have CJ Johnson. Uh, we're going to have some guest appearances later from the great Gabe Pruitt. But um, kind of an interesting weekend in racing. And uh, some new tactics, some old faces, some more controversy. Anyways, the Sniper will be with us uh, right after this first break. And we'll let him do what he does. See you in a minute. Is this uh, the sniper? This is. Well, we're coming to you live from Pompano. The final days of Pompano. We have some special guests today. I hear. Directly from Texas, Mr. Mr. Johnson's here with us. Oh. uh, Oh He wasn't drunk off a plane, but uh, he just scored on drunk off a plane, wire to wire. All right. Curious fractions. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Rockstar Wilkie's here. He, he's he's, he's oh, attending the Rockstar. festivities. Rockstar. Yes, sir. Cocktail <laughs> in hand, like always. Um, he should get one of those well, things like Snoop Dogg's. Yeah, what are them? them uh, what the? Called the. The chalice. The chalice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should get him a chalice for 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 the Florida Derby. Dazzle him a cup. <laughs> Yeah, man, the last days of Pompano Park. We're here, and and uh, yeah, a decent crowd, mostly over ninety. Uh, the French Canadians have taken over the bar again, and they're uh, giving out lung cancer to anyone that wants to sit over there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, Gabe's up upstairs, and uh, you know, the 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 uh, the spirits are high, even though that we're closing down, and that uh, the most anticipated race of the year is is a week away. Oh man, a week away! The the the, the boys did some gate schooling today. Oh, so, so uh, it's a, it's it's like officially on, as it should be. We have one week from today. Well, at least it's not cold. It's not cold. It is not cold. The antithesis of cold. Right? No, it was seventy-five when we kicked the festivities off this morning, or this morning, uh, about seven thirty. Probably still in the uh, the lower seventies, but no complaints. No complaints about the weather at all. That's good. I should get like you know, bonus points for the thirty-point Scrabble word right there. You should. But as long as you don't play that stupid wordle bullshit that everyone's playing, I do not. Funny enough, but I like everybody's tweet that does it, and anybody that does wordle knows that nerd, nerdle, nerdle. <laughs> Listen, I, I admit it. I, I, I'm in, I'm too intimidated to do it because I don't know exactly how they scored or what's good, but whatever it is, I'm sure I wouldn't do good, especially early in the morning. Like the last thing I want to like do, jumble. like wake up and like start thinking. It's like jumble, you know. You remember that in the in the paper? No, I didn't. I didn't do. I didn't do that either. 
Uh, see, I, I used to, to do. I went father, to the sports section. <laughs> my dad used to make me do it. Your dad was a taskmaster. Yes, and he also used to make I'm me jump. TJ claims he plays Sudoku in the morning. I don't know what that is. I thought it was a. That's numbers. I thought it was a brand of sake. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Drunk on a plane, wired a window. <laughs> well, you know the only reason CJ's there is because Texas Tech lost. So he's he's yeah. I need to come for the sale. And, uh, <laughs> if they were still playing. I was going to be in New Orleans this weekend, but uh, we're running on Thursday, so I'll be there. And then if we run on Saturday, I'll see you there at the Florida Derby. Yes, sir. There you go. There you go. You got Goldstream Park Oaks, so. Shots called. He might. He might be participating in the in the undercard. As he should be. You know, CJ's pulled off shockers before, so. So you never know. But uh. Here's Sally Curlin, right? Is that how it goes? Curlin, that's right. That was was a a peak there. Poor man. Where's Sally Curlin? She's had a day with Uncle Mo. Ah. No chaperones involved. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a, well, it was a was little difficult. Like seven chaperones, but we won't she go was, there. She was, she was, she like had a little attitude at first, which I mean, she's a smart filly. She, she we've all been there, dude. You were watching. <laughs> <laughs> I Whoa! I'm not going into the breeding shed. Highly involved there. You might get slapped. <laughs> Get a Will Smith slap for that. Yeah, as a person that's been there before for that deed happening, it's it's um, it's a little it's a little disturbing. A little, you know, it's it's not. Uh, they don't play like you know Barry White and stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> it happens pretty quick. It happens pretty quick, but uh, it's it's um, you know, uh, we'll move on from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry if it, if it gets a little loud. Gabe's Gabe's uh doing the post parade here. Gabe's height. Uh, CJ's hot, so he's got a bet. Now he's upset because there's only two races left. He didn't realize a track that's closing permanently in, in like a week would you know might struggle for entries. Like every other harness track. <laughs> he, yeah, he, oh. he thought he thought he was coming to Marathon City, but. Uh, other one I've been to is Red Mile. That's right, right. The red, the red, the Red Mile does have those marathon forty-seven race cards. Like I don't, I don't know anything about this stuff. I just go where Gabe tells me to go. So, so let me get this straight. Does this mean you're in on Team Gabe for the big match race? You're, you're gonna abandon your thoroughbred roots to go for Gabe, or I'm not gonna go that oh. far because he did. Um, you know, and I think he'll admit that was one of his top five race calls of all time with Sally's Curlin. So I don't think I can. So you might just stay loyal to Pete. Though I've known Gabe longer, um, still winning a grade three at 10 to one, coming from the clouds and running huge with a great call like that is. Uh... Now, you know, Gabe from from his work at the Red Mile when you were working, uh, you and your dad were uh, running Kentucky Downs. Worked with Gabe on some harness license that uh, got yanked out from under us, but we became, you know, buddies through all that. So, you yeah. guys should have done. You should have run harness races at Kentucky Downs. Ooh, yeah, on the do. grass. 
I've seen that, like the Swedish version. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, we'll have to buy another track to start to try that. <laughs> we got that. Tomorrow, we got that. Yeah. All day. Put one in Orlando. There you go. That was oh. my suggestion. There you go. That's, that's very like neighborhood. That. They didn't like that, though. By no, the way. no one liked that idea? Nah. We'll just do it, and they'll, we'll, we'll force them to like it. That's what we do in racing anyway. We do stuff and then we tell everybody, this is what you should like and you should like it. And then if you don't like it, it's it's your fault. Uh, anyways, um, so how was uh, how was your big day over at Tampa? Kind of a tough card uh, on Sunday. Could very, very work the, uh, work the uh, not the window, the you work the, the, the simulcast. Uh, what do we call it? The signal, I guess, right? For uh, for Tampa uh, yesterday at, at uh, Florida Cup Day. Yeah, it was fun. Weather was absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect day. Uh, You're trying to make all those people up north hate us even worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And they, they, listen. I mean, <laughs> if they really want specifics, it was. If they're not sick of us talking about it by now, what the hell? 80 degrees, no wind, no humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Looked like they had a little bit of a conveyor belt on the uh, the main course. There. Yes. And, and the turf, actually. It's funny because, you know, kind of caught on to the, to the bias. Mm, I'd say probably a quarter of the way through the card that on the turf, they, they took the rails down. And <clears throat> so for some reason, it, it the, the course was playing like the inside was hard. And anybody that got to the rail and rode the rail the whole way won all day. Every horse that went to the lead and to the rail pretty much won. Yeah, I figured this out a little bit too late. <laughs> uh but you know, you can even see on the replays is, is funny because it was like almost like a harness race where it, they were choo-choo training on the inside, and those three horses would finish one, two, three. You know, it's funny because uh, we we hear a lot about track bias, and a lot of people try during a race card try to call it. I mean, they try to say, "Well, this is you know the inside track, or speed's dead, or speed's great, or inside's good, or inside's bad." And uh, you know, sometimes it actually is true, and uh, no, I think I think one of the keys to doing that because there's so much information out there nowadays that it, it's more and more and more difficult to find things that everyone else doesn't know too. But but track bias is still something that that's a little bit a little bit nebulous and and it's it's a little bit uh, uh, it's not quite it doesn't stick out on the PPs like like it would like some of the other things like a trouble line or, or something like that word or or if a horse just you know went um you know had a had a you know stumbled at the gate or you know gotten a gotten a speed duel and they went 45 in a mile and a quarter race something crazy like that but but that you know the one thing you have to look for is horses that rate maybe raced against the bias that just didn't have a very good effort and you know them coming back are are, are bet backs because um, you know, if if they're in a race, of course, that they can win. It's got to not, you know, they, they run back in a race that, that, that they can't win anyways. Doesn't matter. But uh, you know, th those are still probably one of the few plays that you can make that you're going to get a decent price just because it looks a little worse on paper than it really should be. Yeah, it, it's tough to pick up mid card, you know, unless it's really pronounced or you see horses that win the same way. 
you know, like exactly the same trip, exactly the same scenario. And it, and it kind of pops out at you, but other times it's, it's there, but it's a little sneaky to, to kind of detect just because the way races are run sometimes. I I just a quick, quick story. It was funny because I put up a, a, a video of Kelly Kip the other day when he won the bold ruler and he my aqueduct and, and, and broke his own track record, which doesn't happen very often. But I remember we ran at the Finger Lakes and we would ship up there morning of the race. And I, I've, I've told the story before when Simon Bray almost got us all in trouble. Yeah, I remember but when I got to there, when we got to the Finger Lakes that day, and it was one of the last runnings of the Finger Lakes Budweiser Breeders' Cup which was a $100,000 sprint race they used to run every year, every summer. Um, we shipped into John Progno's barn. John Progno was a longtime, you know, Finger Lakes veteran. He was there forever. And I remember getting off the truck, going to the barn, and he had everything nice for us. And he actually had a pretty nice barn for, for the Finger Lakes. And he said, is Alan coming? And I kind of <laughs> like... <laughs> Come on. Alan, the, Alan won't go to the Meadowlands. He, he ain't coming to the Finger Lakes. But um, he goes, well, listen, uh, I got to tell you, yesterday they scraped the rail and speed won every race. He goes, this morning I worked a couple horses that normally work in, in 52. He goes, these are not good horses. And they all worked in 47 and changed. So the inside is is like really, really packed down. Of course, we had Kelly Kipp, who was one of the fastest horses a in lot. training. <laughs> so I, I took that, you know, advice and, you know, sometimes you take it with a grain of salt, but he, he seemed genuine about it. And I said, well, let me go up and watch a couple of races. The first race, they run a Finger Lakes race. It's like 4,000 never win in a year, right? Like, like donkeys. And a horse goes to the lead. who's like 50 to one. The horse is running like 12 buyers and he goes to the lead and he doesn't win, but he gets beat right at the wire. And by the favorite, who just was, you know, probably 15 likes better than him on a fair track. And he just, just got him. So I was like, you know what, this guy might, he, he might be onto something here. Like the first three races all, all were similar, like, and speed was really good. And I'm like, shit. So we're in the paddock and, and John Luke comes out. And of course we didn't have cell phones and stuff back then. So John Luke comes out and, and, uh, and I said, listen, man, we, we were drawn outside of a firm success and i said to him we have got to get to the inside we've got to get to the rail we've got to get around the firm success uh, no if problem. we let him get to the rail and get to the lead i don't think we can beat him you know because he was a really good horse anyways and he's like all right but if it doesn't work i'm blaming you i said that's fine I said, john said, john luke do whatever you got to do go as fast as you want you got to go so they breaks from the gate and they went like 21 and one to the quarter and he just cleared a firm success. And, and George Chavez was riding firm success. He, he, he did study just a little bit, just slightly, but he got to the lead. He went ridiculously fast fractions turning for home. It, he just kind of rebroke and a firm success. Jason was second. And I think stormy Atlantic was in that race too. There were some good horses in the race, but he set the track record by like a second. And and I had to give props to John Prognal. I said, man, you are 100% right. And, and honestly, if if we had let a firm success get to the lead on won. the inside, I don't think we would have beat him. And and Kelly Kipp was better than the firm success was at three quarters. A firm success was much better going seven, eights or further. But 
But that was a case where, I mean, there was a, a it was a wild track bias. But of course, it's it's a Finger Lakes. So how many people are really picking up on this? You know, not many. But uh, but that that was a, a tremendously you know biased track. But the thing about Kelly Kipples, he's a really good horse anyway. So he, he ran. I think I think we ran next time in the De Francis, and he won that too. But um. He had set five track records that year. So just because a horse rides a bias to a win doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get beat next time. But there are races where it, it does help to be, uh, you know, to be on the right part of the track. Always. I mean, you know, the thing <clears throat> that I noticed yesterday is, is it seemed like the jockeys didn't pick up on it until midway through the card. And then you saw, you know, really going for the inside paths. You got no pieces, one. You got no one? <clears throat> Hurricane King Carlo. Wire to wire. <laughs> DJ's now even with one race to go. One race left in his Pompano life. All in. Johnny McDonald, wire to wire there. But um, carrying 170 pounds. He was giving 10 pounds to the second. Class. He was giving 10 pounds. He was giving. I gotta tell you guys, there there are some drivers whose weights that they give because they give those weights are uh, sandbagging. Yeah. Giving <laughs> them 25 pounds. Some of them dudes that drive at the Meadowlands and the amateur races. I'm telling you, man. 25 pounds. They are. They are. Far in excess of two bills, far in excess. Chance for me. I was kind of wondering where, what, what uh, colors that Pete was going to wear, because I think Gabe is wearing. I think Gabe's wearing Rick Rick Plano's colors. He was trying them on today, but I don't know who Gabe, who Pete's wearing. That he hate me jersey. He should, man. Oh man, that would be great. The devil in the next race. Beamy, Jimmy. Jay, uh, Jason Beam will be down here. Not Jim Beam. <laughs> we might be putting down shots. Jim, Jim Beam, Beam will be there. To... Jim Beam. Actually, they should probably make him take a shot of Jim Beam right before the starting gate rolls. <laughs> or you do Beam's like... Calling the race. Beam's calling the race. You know, like, uh, what's that show? Um, Wipeout. Have him, like, run around the, the, the end of a, a baseball bat. Get dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's after the race, the post race. There you go, and then have them run the last quarter mile. I don't think them guys will be doing any running at all. <laughs> Gabe runs from the law. Oh, he's a fugitive. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, what was your impressions of? Uh... <laughs> we won't talk about the other things yet, but uh, what was your impressions of? Uh... Of the Louisiana Derby. As advertised, Epicenter, who I absolutely love, um, showed a new dimension, you know, a little bit, kind of took some dirt and finished strong as, as usual. He's just better. I mean, I know people don't want to believe that, but at least as far as the non-California contingent, he's awfully good. <laughs> He's good. I'd be honest. I don't ever remember 
a horse in a derby prep changing styles so dramatically and winning when they didn't have to. Right. And and basically experimenting in a million dollar race and having it work out like so well. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean he's going to win. But I, I think that people who are trying to poo poo it saying that, well, he got a perfect trip. Well, he got he a made perfect his own trip. He got a perfect trip after the race. We didn't know if he could take dirt in his face. How many speed horses can take dirt in their face? And a lot of times it's not even being on the lead because you'll see horses, even fast horses, can lay second off of a, uh, another horse. They can sit on their flank. It's not the being on the lead part. A lot of times it's the getting dirt in their face part. And speed horses notoriously don't want dirt in their face, especially when they're not used to it. So it wasn't just he laid off the pace. It was he laid behind the two horses and when, you know, Rosario kind of angled him to the middle of the track, he, he didn't, you know, he, he I guess he just didn't want to chance it. But, I mean, as soon as he dropped his hands, the horse just accelerated away. And, and <laughs> I mean, it was, to me, it was really impressive. And I know that Zozos is a lightly raced horse. And I, I honestly, like, I, I I hated to say it, but. He's basically just the soup and sandwich of this year. He's going to run in the derby and he's going to get nothing. And I hate to say it because I guess the people that own him are really, really nice people. And um, I mean, he looks like a good horse, but like the point of running horses in the derby just to run them in the derby, like I, I, I just don't think horses like that have nearly enough experience. And, uh, you know, I'd much rather see him running the Pat Day mile. Had something about the uh, about epicenter and any horse degree nerds out there. Watch out for that. Not this time uh, with the candy ride mare. That cross has been deadly. I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I know they're really, really good. So if you're, you know, playing baby races and see that kind of thing or anything that that cross has been really, really good. There you go. Bonus breeding angles from CJ, but, uh, not that time has has been really good. There's like five or six runners from that cross, and two of them are stakes winners. That's a pretty good percentage. Yeah. But but uh, our our man Liam down at uh, um, Hellendale Farm. Not he Hellendale. could give us the whole scoop. Taylor made Jesus. Yeah, man, he's uh, he. He believed I was skeptical. I was skeptical, but he he's turned into a a damn good stallion. Um, and he's got he's got a couple on the Derby Trail this year, and that's that's not easy to do. Um, simplification. We're not sure, but we think we're going with that. I got now. I got to look it up. I got one going to not this time. Drunk on a plane and drunk looking up pedigrees. <laughs> That's how we roll with the pump. How can they be closed in this place? Right? Simplification. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Speaking of uh, Florida Derby. Um, ride. Out of a candy awesome. ride mare. Yeah, simple, simplification. Not this time out of a candy ride mare. There you go. I have to give CJ his own uh, little 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 uh, breeding uh, section, right? Segment. We could we could throw that. We we'll we'll give him a little segment. CJ, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to talk to his agent and find out what his fees are. 
his mouthies might be more than we want to. He might want like a gun runner season or something. Oh, hey, I do it all for the love. Do it for the love of the game. Uh, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the horse ran good. I thought I thought they were gonna scratch my 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 my, my spirit of Medina, man. I, I you know I thought they were going to. I have to think if it wasn't a million dollar derby prep that they probably would. If it was like a regular race, the horse would run around for seven <laughs> minutes, he would have got scratched. He was running around too. He wasn't just standing there. I mean, he ran pretty. He, was, he, he ran pretty good. And honestly, I don't think he wants to race that way. And he's had to do it twice in a row, like where he's chasing. Uh oh, we got uh, seven fours, five starters, five winners, two black type winners. You heard that? Seven foals, five runners, five winners, two black types. So there you go. CJ knew that off the top of his head, despite the bourbon. So, so uh, yeah, I, I just think Spirit of Medina doesn't. I, I think he would do better taking back a little bit and 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 might have a little bit more, um, a little more finish to him. But I mean, the race is just set up where, you know, the races down there have set up where you know you're chasing alone speed and. Uh, I mean, he probably maybe he's just not good enough, but but honestly, you'd find it hard to believe that under normal circumstances, the horse that was loose as long as he was loose wouldn't be scratched. Yeah, um, shocked. Yeah, I thought he was for sure going to be scratched. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and you can and 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 you can forget the rest of them in that race. The rest of them can be head out, start pointing to the Ohio Derby or something. Ouch. Hey, listen, man. We only call him like we see him, and that's how we saw it. And true, it's um, well, it's not personal. It's it's just horse racing. Ain't show friends, it's show business, as Bob Sugar would say. Uh, what about Burke Sugar? He's dead. Uh. Um, speaking of sugar, Echo Zulu almost almost lost the sugar. Man, she got she she got stretched out. <laughs> if if hidden connection doesn't go three wide around both turns, that is a totally different story. I'm gonna text Raylu right now. What are you gonna text him? I don't know. He's gonna tell tell Raylu about the not that time statistic. <laughs> <laughs> like who? I just what? ride him. Up <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, guess what, uh, Ray Lou? We bought a candy ride, Marin. You're in. <laughs> you you cover the stud fee. We'll cover the other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, Echo Zulu was game for sure, but uh, it was it's been a little strange. Her, her whole winter when she got such a late start and there wasn't any real reason given other than they just wanted to, you know, I guess the, the I think Steve said something like it's a long year or something. So I mean, there's no way she was a hundred percent. Right. So they, they weren't even maybe they were, they were considering not even running in this race. I mean, like they were even thinking, taking like not even, you know, taking their time and not even going for the Oaks. Yeah. Yes. I know that was right. So, uh, it's funny because she is still five for five, <laughs> and 
I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure that I'd want to ride against her if I had a good horse, uh, a good filly. And um, I know sometimes we're slave to the numbers, but I, I'd like to see how the numbers came back. I know the buyers came back a little slower than, than the other races, but she was also surrounded by um, Olympiad, who's, who's gotten really, really good. Uh, and, and um, oh, my God, the horse threw in second to him. No. The Hit him horse, the Godolphin horse. Proxy. Proxy, yeah. Proxy ran really good. He's he, he might be a he might be a factor this summer because he's he's he was hurt and came back and he won a won an allowance race pretty easy. But he, you know he, he he ran I thought he ran pretty well, but Olympiads turned out to be uh, to be really really strong. So. Uh, I, I don't know if Olympiad really wants to go a mile and an eighth or, or further, but but he's, uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe you see him in the, the Met Mile. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'm, I, I, I'm guessing that uh, we also might see the horse. Uh, what was the Mott horse that won here uh, at uh at Gulfstream on Fountain of Youth Day. Corner? That one? Yes, Speaker's Corner. Yeah, he's a monster. He's another one. Because I got to be honest, I ain't too high on flight line making any race, let alone that race. Because, you know, here we are almost in April and he still isn't working. <laughs> yeah. if, you can't, if you can't work, I don't see how you're going to run. So, I mean, I honestly, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I want him to make it because he's a obviously a, a wildly talented horse, but it's just, uh, I certainly wouldn't run from him because I think that it, it's, it's looking like he is going to be a horse that just never runs. And, and that's just too bad, but, uh, but no, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get Mr. Uh, um, Blew it, pissed off at me. Oh, don't want that. Blew it. How about blew it? The horse won again. Yeah, he ran well the other day. Going long, it was a mile and three eighths, I think, right? The New York claiming crown. Yeah, the horse, I think he's seven for 10 around two turns. And it's kind of a shame that we just don't see that many two turn races anymore because it's, there are horses that are just better off going around two turns than they are around one turn. But um, and we just uh, two turn races are are few and far between on the dirt, at least. Yeah, we need more of those. So, uh, and maybe the worst kept secret in racing. Uh oh, uh, classic Causeway is heading to the Florida Derby now. Outstanding. I like the move, even if he loses. It it makes the race a, a lot more interesting. It does. Uh, there's some issues with White at Barrio, so. On the uh, Rockstar is on, is on to sell the, the old captain bandwagon, but but I, I, I don't know, man. I'm still in the ship stational camp. Ship Sational is another one. He he's he's 
he's continues to look for a trip that that works for him. I mean, he's had two not terrible trips, but two trips that he had to really overcome um, you know, ground loss and and you know, chasing a a loose leader who's a really good horse. So, uh simplification uh, like I said, White Abari was supposed to work tomorrow. He was supposed to work Sunday, but something happened, and that's that's not usually a good sign. Um, but uh, but we'll see tomorrow how how that goes. And um, you know, the Florida Derby—it's looking, you know, it's looking like a a pretty solid race. Legit, a lot better than I thought. Maybe like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the the two Tampa Bay horses coming helps a lot. I mean. That that really adds a lot of depth to the field, and and you know what, they'll they'll be a good measuring stick for each other, right? Yeah, they should be. I mean, you know, considering simplification and classic causeway, um, on the East Coast have basically been the top two, and they're facing each other finally, and before the Derby, which is right. even better. For both, for both, like even if they lose, um, you know, depending on how how they lose, but uh, it's still a good thing for those those horses to run. I, I mean, we've touched on it like all the time since January on how the horses need bottom; they they need to be running. So this is this is a very good thing, at least for their chances, and kind of upgrades them in my mind already, just for the fact that they're running, not even winning. Person. Yeah, no, that that's very true. I mean, just look the last year, Medina Spirit wasn't winning these races, but he was running every month, and that's the one thing. Like, I mean, we say it every week almost, but you can say whatever you want about Baffert. But the, one of the reasons Baffert wins the Kentucky Derby is because he races his horses. The horses race when they turn three; they race every month. They run in January, they run in February, they run in March, they run in April, and it's a common denominator. And yet, every year. A bunch of guys with with nice two year olds that that should stretch out, pick out two race campaigns, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially with a closer. If I had a closer, hell, I'd run four times before the Derby. I want to get them. Number one, I want to get them as fit as they can because a closer only runs at the end of the race. And number two, I want them to have a lot of experience. You can't you can't simulate a nineteen horse race. Okay, no matter what, even even in a ten horse or twelve horse race, it's still a different story because it's the Derby and you can't simulate all the other insanity around the the the, the crowd and the noise and you know the lead up and all that. But I, I would much rather have my horse have had some experience coming inside of horses, coming between horses, coming outside of horses than not have it. I mean I, I I think some of these guys too, they get a little cute and they start worrying about the Preakness and the Belmont. Don't worry about the Preakness and the Belmont. Worry about the Derby. Cause if you don't win the Derby, the other races don't really matter all that much. I mean, they matter, but uh, I mean, think about if you blew the Kentucky Derby because y- your horse was just not quite fit enough because you wanted to make saving <laughs> for the Belmont. I mean, yeah, that's not ideal. No, it's like, Nobody, nobody in my whole life has ever asked me when they found out I was a horse trainer. Said, "Hey, did you ever win the Belmont?" Not a single person. <laughs> yeah, they all asked the same thing. You know, so biggest stakes win. Sorry to totally throw you off. My biggest stakes win was Churchill Downs Handicap on Derby Day. 
thought you were going to say that one of Kentucky Downs, but well, you I want a bunch of Kentucky Downs. Downs. Except when I won in the Kentucky Downs, they were like 70,000, 75, and now they're like 750. I'm still, I'm still hanging on there. I had a good, I had a good run at Kentucky Downs. I want to stake at Kentucky Downs with Joe Deegan dry, riding. Oh, good old Joe Deegan. That's you know, a, that's you a forget that some of the top jockeys used to not be all that anxious to ride at Kentucky Downs because some of them were scared to ride down the hills. It's funny, though. You add a zero to those purses, and all of a sudden, those jockeys have no issues with them hills at all. money into the course, so. Yeah. I remember when I used to call the burial grounds. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a unique. I said, you know what? I used to say the worst thing about Kentucky Downs is, is winning a race there. I said, what do you mean winning a race? I said, you got to wait 360 days to, to, to do it again. <laughs> I found out what my horse likes. He likes up and down hills. The horse come, you know, run first day and then run on the last day. Yeah. Both times, too. We did a, we did a lot. lot yeah, you know, the, the also the, the distance races. I mean, you you could run a, a, a non-grade one horse going a mile and a quarter there that didn't happen anywhere else and that was the other thing you found out your horse really could go a mile and a quarter mile and a half and then you went back to churchill and they wrote the they wrote a mile and 16. that's one of my biggest betting braxton boyd is moving to the lead here in the finale as he should Uh, oh no Uh, cj's horse is broke Uh oh here's the here's the three Wait, hang on. Yes, I did. You you bet the three? Well, I know I know you all can't see, but the three got beat about a quarter mile. I, I, you had him on top. <laughs> hey, just think if they took the the chart and they they turned it upside down, you'd have won by like secretariat. Seven with three five the try. The screen literally just walked across the wire. On the backside already. He just yeah. He didn't even make it around the turn. The three actually goes slower than the horses in Central Park that are pulling the carts. Said something about the three sides. They got anonymous uh, touts from a from a dude at the a homeless guy at the at the ATM up there. Twenty five. That was a good night. You, you go find that guy. Ask him what track he's heading to next. Ask him if he's going to be at Gulfstream this weekend. A Yonkers. <laughs> yeah, he might have been talking about a different track. Buy my three. Uh, the three didn't even finish. The... the three didn't even finish the lap. He just turned around at, at the clubhouse turn and came back down the stretch the wrong way to go. That's back. that's the great Joe Sanziri. I think Joe Sanziri used to like run a deli or something, and he decided to become a harness driver. That's the one thing about thorough or harness that the, the the thoroughbreds don't you know they have the big advantage over the thoroughbreds. Could you imagine if if we had like just regular old guys driving in amateur races? Like Dude. the Meadowlands runs three a week, and the crazy thing is they handle as much as the regular races. And you have guys that are like you know like deliver beer and stuff uh, in the regular you know for their regular job, and your girl Mariana. Oh yeah, he's a golf pro or something. Could you imagine if they like put those people on on thoroughbreds? I mean, they have amateur races for thoroughbreds, but there's, you know, there's only a couple people that are small enough to, to qualify. 
I actually ran a horse in an amateur race and at the Met, at Mamas years and years and years ago. And uh, Remy Bullock rode him. And uh, Re- Remy was in charge, I think, of the amateur race. And I told him, I said, yeah, Pep's son. I said, you should ride my horse. And he did. And, and it was, uh, God, God, I can't think of the name of the horse, but the horse won by a lot. Commissioned Remy to do a, a drawing of our horses for our partners this year's Christmas presents. It's there you cool. go. Cool. Had Sally's curling on it and stuff. It's a cool little deal. Partners that knew about, you know, Peb and Remy, they really liked it. So if you need a commission, call Remy. I don't think he rides amateur races anymore. <laughs> Blue Devil won. Look at this. Blue Devil win. Oh, I man. Is this like a is this like a sign, man? Can't bet the horse named after the team that just knocked my team out of the. Yes, you should have. It's going to win an outer championship with last year. Go out of win off. If Coach K wins this national championship, it's more fixed than the WWE. Man. Oh boy! Blue Devil just wins the last at the Pompano. The referees are going to start calling fouls in the warmups. <laughs> they're gonna, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna do like the the silks in Naira, and they're gonna say, no, 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 the the shorts are. Or three inches, uh, the cuffs are too small. Uh, yeah, we're gonna give the other. We're gonna give Duke six points. Yeah. Now they already, they already let him. They already let him roll past tech. So. Yeah, this this looks like a fixer upper, but you know, whatever. I'll be honest. I I don't even have that much interest in in the final four. Like minus the original blue blood, which is Kentucky. So. Kentucky needs to hire a better coach. I mean, Kentucky needs a higher coach that tries. Oh, boy. Go hire the St. Peter's coach. You get, well, you, you do a better job coaching. I don't know if you could do a better job recruiting. He did get the white kid, though. The white kid got the got the uh, the endorsements from the chicken wing place, man. Yeah. Tell me that's yeah, not the, the – that, that wasn't the – Yeah, that was, tell me that's not the best part of the March Madness. Yeah, the fouling has just gotten to be like so. They just call so many fouls, touch fouls, this fouls, mystery fouls. Uh, uh, it's and then the announcers like they never, they never even. You know, I guess they they're frowned upon, but they always defend the call. Oh yeah, I think he did. I, I think I think his. His foot lightly grazed his leg there, and that's a foul according to the the rule book. It's <laughs> not a foul in any other game in anywhere in the world except for the NCAA tournament. Brutal all tournament. They just call it, like when you get games and they call fifty five fouls in a forty minute game. And remember, that's just fouls. That's not just whistles. I mean, how, how can you? How it's just it's just I don't know. And we still watch it. I mean, we all bitch about it. But we stop watching it. Chance to win that game against Duke, and they should have, right? We all know that, even without the officiating. But when you have a physical team that plays like that, and you call those fouls, it just it. I mean, you get taken out of your game. It's you got no chance, no, no shot. And and of course, when they you know don't miss a shot the last seven minutes of the game or whatever, you know it doesn't help. But still, what are you guys doing down there in Texas? 
getting good transfers. So that's about it. <laughs> Any TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. Baylor's the national champions. Then, um, I hate AM, but I mean, they should have made it in. Texas is okay, but Chris Beard still shouldn't have left. He's going to learn that, you know, the hard way in a couple of years dealing with all those alumni. He was a god in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. But hey, we're okay. We have the real defensive mastermind behind his, you know, his scheme. So I'm okay. So, Texas Tech Nation, CJ said, thumbs up on the guy. He's going to be all right. All right. The guy that looks like he should be doing my taxes. Not not coaching (laughs) a a college basketball team. Texas teams used to be like toss outs. I mean, complete. Texas Texas has turned into a a basketball state. And the the one you can. The other upsetters, like in the last couple of years, Carlton upset someone. Stephen F. Austin upset someone. Like, yeah. Abilene Christian, right. Right. My favorite game of all time, but I feel that Northern Iowa game. Northern Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a while ago. But um Yeah, I, I just there's not much honestly if, if if it wasn't like the Coach K victory tour, this would be like a really blah. Yeah, boring. I mean there's not even though these are like the top name programs, there's not a lot of of star type players left and um I don't know. To me, it's just kind of – I don't really follow college that much. So, I, I mean, admittedly, I, I just uh, – I mean, I'll root against Duke because, you know, that's what we do. Just because. <laughs> just just because. Because people will root for Duke if you didn't go there. Can't root against you? Roy Williams. Like, if you don't live in, in Durham or, you you know, you didn't go there, like, it's like, it's like rooting for IBM. It's like rooting for Walmart. And who does that? Come on, Gabe, shut up. Enough. Cut it off, Gabe. Enough. We had enough. Promote the pop here. I think there's a pick six carryover going into tomorrow. Yeah, we got a pick six carryover tomorrow. Gabe's still rambling on about God knows what. 4100, double pick six carryover. Guaranteed pick four at 15,000. We're coming back around two tomorrow. Bucky Swope will be will be saying Gabe's getting paid by the by the word here. <laughs> he, he, he needed the floor for a pallet in the last. <laughs> the pity bar. <laughs> Strippies. <laughs> the whole vocabulary that, that Mr. Swope has has uh has enriched our lives with. Is it... Being alive for a pallet just didn't have the same meaning as it does now. No, oh, man, that's that's immaculate nomenclature. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like the weather reports either because he's up he's up in the northeast. So I guess it was cold today. Really, we'll find out if you listen. My, my my New York people told me it was really cold today, like cold, cold, like stupid cold, like ten, like that kind of cold. Yeah, it's snowing up there. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll figure it out if he listens or not. He'll have something to say about this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He should come for the, the great match race next week. Oh man, that'd be great. Seriously, if you're in South Florida or or or, or within driving distance, 
you should come out because it's going to be a good time. It is going to be a good time. And it's kind of sad because I'll be honest, I, I haven't come out here all that often just because it's uh, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, it sucks. It was kind of like Calder. When Calder was the same way. And don't even... You'd, you'd sit there and you'd look around and you'd be like, man... Uh, and that's that's you know even even after they tore the grandstand down and it was, uh you know Container City, they do have two containers out here and I was thinking maybe they're gonna put those containers they're gonna stack them up, like they did at Calder, and, and Beamy and 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 Gabe and and Peter gonna go and and like do a, a show from from the top of the containers is that possible could they could they do some container work here? Sure. I gotta find this out. You're quick enough and be a special guest. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe's headed to Flanagan's, I'm sure. <laughs> Is the Flanagan going to be there, Bill? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a good question. Flanagan's? It's a restaurant. They better serve food there. <laughs> 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 it's a bar, but it's a bar with, with food. I mean, these guys are hungry. The, 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 the one weakness of the pump oh, the last couple of years is the fact that they have absolutely no food in, other than Myron's. And yeah. Myron's is fine, but, you know, Myron's sometimes is a 45-minute wait. So Yeah, that um, that's not they, it. They, they, uh, after the COVID hit here, we, we, we kind of closed up. The Italian restaurant's closed. The steakhouse is only open on days they don't race, which is a little bizarre. But... um. The they had that buffet down downstairs that uh the uh, I hit one time with the with Anthony Stabile. And did they shook you both shook shook the place. Shook it. Actually we had the ice cream. Stabile found the ice cream here. The ice cream here is actually good. They that is that is still here. They do have good ice cream. But see, look, it's a free hot dog club. Where the hell do you get a hot dog? What? Club fifty five. <laughs> I don't think we're old enough to go in there. Gabe said he's in his office. Where's his office? Oh, Gabe's in his office. His office is over in the condemned building. All right, we're going to take this podcast on the road. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so, if if we if we uh, disconnect or something, it is what be, it is. <laughs> that's because we're the only we're the only mobile podcast out there, man. And all them other people sit in the studio. We don't even have freaking microphones. Some guy that would call me. Remember that when I was on, we rambled for like an hour. That guy called me. It was pretty professional. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Hey, I got Chuck on the other line. Hang on one second. Like, patched us through." And oh, that was that was uh, that's Casey. Casey. That's the, that's that's Casey. That's the great Casey. Yeah. That's when we we were actually you know doing a show from a a studio, not just wandering around a a, a condemned racetrack <laughs> with the shipping containers. Get a get a picture of the shipping containers, please. Voucher. Actually, I'll probably be back tomorrow night. Yeah, that this way we'll we'll bring you in. Gabe Gabe should have a a window and a cashier in his office. He doesn't. Well, Bucky would say he never wins. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, they might stack those up and make it a strippy for Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got to find out the. Uh... The story behind the containers, and if they're trying to do a calder or what? <laughs> I 
All right, we're still here. We're still with you. Yeah, we're connected. Security's looking at us a little funny now. Yeah, we're we're gonna go over to the condemned building and take the elevator. No, no elevators. No, no, no. Oh, you don't want that elevator. No, that's in my contract. I don't go in the elevator in the Pompano building anymore. <laughs> anymore is the key. No. No, that's I'm telling you. Gabe and John Barry, man, they're troopers. They go in that elevator. That thing has got about Barry. It's got like a, a thread left on the the, <laughs> the wire that pulls it up. Neville Pride. All right, we're 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 approaching the office. The inner sanctum of Gabe. Like uh, the like the TV show, The Office, or the horse. The horse is probably. I think it's probably for sale. Gabe will probably put that on his car. All right, we're coming in. All right. There's, 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 there's a guy. There's a guy who looks like he's actually doing his job. Not uh -oh. Gabe. <laughs> Don't say anything because you are on the air live, right? Excellent. Oh, the decrepit racetrack. We want to know. What is the deal with the containers? Are you guys trying to simulate Calder? Are you going to stack the containers and have Beamy call the race from the top? Is that... You're going to get the Acme company to come? <laughs> Acme. <laughs> you know, when you bring in those big shots... Yeah. It's big time though. Containers, we'll get it done for them. We might put them a fan. A fan, yeah. I, I'm thinking they're probably not going to fix the AC at this point, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. I was just talking about the elevator ride, and and I, if I was the AC guys, I wouldn't drive in that elevator here. You have to like, like have a helicopter drop it from, from the sky, but but uh. Um, yeah, we're we're pumping up the the big match race, man. One one week away. You guys got your gate, say? Yeah, we went the gate, and we um. He was a seasoned pro. He used to work at yeah. Horses every day for God. I sat behind like five horses in my life, so he's a big favorite. But I'm trying to get good coaches. People trying to catch me up to speed. Um. <laughs> yeah, we got to be ready. We got our gate card today. Mr. Hennessy is going to start our race. He's going to be a starter. So we're going to before the start. Mm -hmm. He relaxes today. You guys are doing good. Has he promised not to laugh? He's not going to. Someone concerned for the growth. He did ask us at one point, we're behind the gate tonight. He said, Do you want you guys to say the name right now? <laughs> The first one the gate. We, we had a question, and, and this is because we saw you trying on Rick Pano um, wow. colors, which which actually look like uh, you know they'll do. Um, Pete's colors. Where are we going with that? 
get to the source yourself on that. Here's what I'll say is we, we took a couple of swings. We came up, we had, we didn't really come up with anything that for sure. I had to get a, a, a large panel set that I think that did fit me. I thought he, uh, he tells me that he's getting his pants from the golf jockey room. How? Oh, custom made. So he's oh. going to wear jockey pants. But he says, whoever does, whoever does the pants and colors put silks on the pants every day. He can't get the jacket down here. So we, as a, as a press time that I'm still working on the, yeah, the jacket. <laughs> Security going to have your back in case, you know, after the race. Because Pete gets very serious. I went to a Dolphins-Panthers game with him. And it was a good thing that we were in the second deck because all the offensive coordinator coaches and the, the, the running back coaches, he knows all their names. And he was cussing them from about, we were about, I don't know, three and a half miles away. But he, he takes his stuff seriously. So a lively guy. So, yeah, I think. Uh... Are we, are we going to have, are we going to have sticks? Are we going to have whips or, or, I mean. These details that we're going along. It has to be a five-inch race with people. He wants to race a month because the horses are probably going to be back in. They're going to race tomorrow night. <laughs> Next Tuesday, so this is going to be like their last training trip. Is he coming to scout his his horse tomorrow? Oh, or is he does the thing. He's the driver. Last everything else. Yeah, he'll be he'll be dialed in. I might have to come back tomorrow night then. Wow! So, so it's going to be the 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 pre the pre match race race. Prep. This is this is the 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 prep. This is the Jim Dandy for the Travers. Peter Pan for this is like the 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 Hamiltonian Elims, even though they're both going to make it. But they're both in the eighth race tomorrow night. Pete's mare, the morning line favorite. Who makes the morning line? Mm -hmm. Okay. Better than my horse. Five to two in the morning line. I am the second choice at seven to two. <laughs> All right. So, so we we have some, uh, you know. Uh, I can't believe. Are we going to get Bucky Swope to do the morning line for the race? <laughs> We're trying to get Bucky down here. Bucky should be here. We we'll sponsor. We'll we'll sponsor, we'll sponsor him to come on in. Yeah. He, I he told you he's 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 come up with a with a whole vocabulary that that is used now. The to... was alive to a pallet to the foreign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he knows where the local strippies are. So. He's, 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 yeah, yeah. He he seems to have have information that only yeah. a, a a regular would would be able to know. <laughs> Some of the stuff he goes with that is true. Yeah, but that, that, listen, that that's the beauty of the pomp. That's what it, that's what you created here. Uh, of complete degenerate, <laughs> but but good degenerates, you know. I mean, twenty-five bucks probably for the bucket tonight. CJ bet drunk on a plane. Yeah, and then I gave it all back the next two races. 
Probably should get steered a little badly by myself. So that, that's I'll take credit for that. Uh, you no, know, but the last race, did you see the horse that finished last and then came back the wrong way to go home? Yeah, the one that I, kind of I, pulled up. Yeah, three. Yeah. Oh, did he? I missed that part. I just saw him finishing way behind. Everyone was on the backside, and he was just not. Yeah. All right, we got one more question about the the great match race. When when is it going to take place next week? The national championship. And in all honestly, you know, we don't want to hover over the national championship. I want to steal their thunder. Solid. So we're going to have it between the fourth and the fifth race. Okay, fourth and fifth. Good time. Uh, eight. 35, 845. So it'll be early in the night before the game. So if anybody is in the area, they want to come. Nobody back. really wants to watch that, that pre race. That, that's horrible. It should be on TVG. If TVG doesn't cover it, it doesn't. Yeah, that's a travesty. Because actually, I'm, I'm most concerned about our closing night, Easter, to make sure that we have. We'll call Tom. We'll talk you know, Tom's a Jersey guy. We'll put a little, you know, we'll put a little heat on Tom. I don't know if I want it on TV. You want it on TVG. This is listen, man. The Hamiltonian this year is this is going to be the number one premier harness event of the year for sure. So this was the end of the line. We had yeah, he knew he's going to you know have the experience come in be a big favorite, and we'll see what happens. He may not like it when it's all said and done. Well. The pomp leaving us is is a uh, it's kind of a, a tragedy, but uh, this might be the greatest event ever held at the pomp. Even better than the Breeders' Crown when like eighteen world records. I think think about the great drivers we had the last season running into Dexter Dunn, Yanni Gene Rob, Piotti Yellow. Did he find a helmet to fit his head? He McNichol. How about that? Really? Helmet fits. That, uh, I, I'm just gonna leave it. I'm just not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> I actually have a, a, a Bill O'Donnell helmet, and it doesn't really fit me, so it just sits on my kitchen table. And I tell people all the time that's a Bill O'Donnell helmet, and they, nobody has any idea who that Bill O'Donnell is. Be- uh, maybe he could help Wally uh, start the. He could drive the starting car. <laughs> so we have we have amateurs all over the place here. Has Beamy ever called it? Beamy called a race though, right? All right, Beamy has broke his his harness maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course. I know they don't. I know standard breads don't have grade races, but this this has got to be like a grade one amateur race. I mean, they have those Meadowlands amateur races, you know. Those those people are actually amateurs, you know. As <laughs> a ringer, those people are actually amateurs. They're not like you guys. <laughs> Question: When they uh, auction everything off, is the horse out front getting auctioned off? That's a lot of inquiries, <laughs> including tonight for the race. I've gotten like fifteen people. What about the truck, the starting car? <laughs> <laughs> You think he'll drive around like he'll drive? <laughs> wow, the silver bullet should go to the harness race hall of fame, man. You should, John Barry should drive it to Goshen. <laughs> so far, no one has, but we know that's just an oversight at this point. 
Well, we do. Uh, we, I know, I know we, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun with it, but uh, it, it is kind of sad that, um, I'll be honest, I told PJ, uh, PJ, CJ, I said, uh, I had no bourbon either. Um, <laughs> that I haven't come that much because it's like, it's, it's hard to come because, you know, you get used to coming there and, and like, it, it, I was sitting there before you guys showed up and I was like, I can't believe they're going to close this place. But you know what? That's the same thing I thought about at Calder. That's the same thing I thought about at Arlington. And it's just, um, you know, it sucks. It's very tough. It's tough on all of us. I mean, that, that's been the one benefit because it has gotten my mind off of uh, the inevitable. So, yeah. Nine nights without a single business now. It's um, it's right around the corner, unfortunately. But hopefully, um, you know, we can look back and I think Robert has some good memories. Yeah, for sure. Standard brands. I don't. I don't follow them. I, you know, I could tell you very little. But you know, I had to get out here one last time and. And see it and appreciate the hospitality you've always given me whenever. I mean, literally anything I know about it's from you. So I appreciate it. First problem. I was telling him I I met you at the Red Mile. That's yeah. the only the only two harnesses I've been to have been here in the Red Mile. So hopefully you'll, you'll come back in when you visit Lexington. But oh, yes. I encourage everybody out there that's you're in the area. I actually sent out a tweet here, I know yesterday before the races, but uh, you know, encouraging everybody to, to come out and see us. Oh my God, good time for the match race. That'd be awesome. Uh, come out, but, but any night down the end, uh, because I'm you, Chuck, you know, it's it's hard to look out there and just really grab your mind around the fact that this is it's not going to be here. Like I spoke to a guy about earlier tonight. Most of the tracks that we've seen both Harness and, and Durbin have closed. No, your final days. Calder maybe the one exception. Gulf Stream. Uh, most of them had some semblance of a spread of hope. Mm -hmm. Hope that would imaginary tough spot and see on our side down more than close really without the major difference here is we we are closing it's unfortunately the end. So it's it's certainly PD to those of us that uh, the place felt special part too. But I know we've got a lot of great memories, and and, and the other flip side of that, Chuck, is you know that you know it's been the last year for well over a decade. Yeah, it's been a lot of last years. Got a lot of mileage out of the last year. It's been finally arrived at the real life. That, that statement has been going around here in South Florida quite some time. No, that that is true. There, there's been there's been talk about it being the last year and not opening back up for since I came down here and that was in 2014 there was always kind of that undercurrent of hey you know I don't even know if they're going to run next year and blah 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 but it you know kept going and then it hell, the last couple of years it got better it got to where it was handling crazy money for when you came here and I mean people think that uh, I'm your hey. agent but <laughs> I mean like Taking taking this place where it came from to where it is with no stake races, with modest horses, with no big name trainers for the most part, um, you know, with one one driver that just down forever, which is usually a a recipe for for you know not a not a, a positive, but you know to go from where it came from to where it is, it's uh, you know, and no high definition. Nowhere.
I don't know that I'll be very good, but I mean, I mean, my 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 rates are you know like uh, I'm, I, I'm I'm cheap. Oh, we know. <laughs> Leave the track. Literally. One week, one week till the big, the big race, which is going to make people forget everything for a little while. Forget all your troubles for a little while. When when you see, uh, when you see the 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 amateurs, amateurs squaring off and one turn around, what well, one one five eighths mile sprint around the uh, the old oval. Well, like I said, this is the most anticipated race. <laughs> Maybe maybe the Kentucky Derby is a little more anticipated, but I don't know. Yeah, debatable. Yeah, well, you never know, Pete. You know, he he may be thinking about making a career out of this. You know, like it's possible he might be thinking. You know, I might. I might uh, uh, there might be a there might be a spot for a guy like like me in one of these tracks, one of these tracks with the slot and fuel purses. You know, I mean. You could go ride, uh, drive on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, come back down and call the races. <laughs> it could be. Do you think he's got a, a like a or something like? Absolutely. I think they're great. Think you mucking stalls in your slippers? Come on. <laughs> 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 
I was impressed with you getting all that equipment on those things, man. That, that was pretty serious. Movie magic. It looked good. Well, we bothered you for for long enough. Uh, CJ wanted to know if Anakin has food. <laughs> We, we 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 were we were complaining that the pump is a little weak in the a little weak in the food area. <laughs> yeah, no. So, well, Gabe, thank you. We'll we'll be here for sure. We might even, like I said, drag Pete, uh, drag CJ over tomorrow, and yeah, see. I'm 14 4300 so we were plugging it we were plugging it yeah all right well quick break Barry you still there yes sir you are you showing up at the shindig next week come on what's my name yeah you're gonna be here oh yeah all right there we go there we go this is going to be, you know, like your little cherry. Not top your... cash. <laughs> oh, no, boy. Just, just found a ticket. He's got a cash. Oh, so. <laughs> I did this last year. Remember I sold you my ticket? Yes, he did. I bought, I bought his ticket last year. All right. We'll be right back. Is, is this, this, uh, this Florida Derby sniper? This is him. Well, <clears> we're on the move again. Okay, traveling. We're traveling. We're traveling. Our our, our special guest is requiring uh, food, and uh, Gabe is a, a VIP at the uh, local Flanagan, so we'll be heading over there. Is Bill Flanagan going to be there? I think he goes home at nine. Oh, boo. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, well, the the morning activities last Saturday over uh, in the Middle East, and your feelings about uh, what what kind of what kind of happened to the the big favorite. Oof, he just he just didn't run. <laughs> I, I I honestly couldn't tell you where these last two performances from country grammar came from either you know because yeah. he and ran great in saudi then ran even better <laughs> in dubai so I, I i just couldn't call that i wouldn't have guessed that that horse would be the dubai world cup winner you know i, I put one of those going in circles digests out and and that was the bonus race covered that race and you know the only pause i had about life is good is the mile and a quarter and that until he actually does it it is a question mark and i was pretty confident that if he was the controlling speed that didn't get pressed that he would he could i really thought that he could i mean there hasn't been a great deal of evidence in any of his prior few races that he couldn't other than the fact that he had been running in one turn races and, and then um, uh, he ran at Del Mar in the mile and um, kind of smoked them. And then obviously the, uh, uh, the, the Pegasus, 
where he, you know, set pretty de decent fractions and just outran, uh, despite all the contrary about um, his brother running interference. I mean, the horse just got outrun. Um, yeah, he was just gone. <laughs> right. So, you know, the, the way they time races there uh, is different than ours. Um, I believe that they time from the gate. And if you watch that race over again, it looks like they're going pretty fast up front because the horses in the second tier, not just the horses that were lagging, but the horses in the second tier, about halfway through the race, looked like they were having a Struggling. hard time keeping up. Struggling, yes. And I know maybe the track was a little deeper than, than you know, typical American track, but most of the time in those type of races, when the second tier horses are working to stay uh, within range, it's because they're going pretty fast up front. And, I mean, turning for home, I saw Irad slap Life is Good on the shoulder, which is something that, you know, he hasn't really had to do. Um, but I mean, it was a, it was a stronger field than he'd been running against other than life is, uh, or excuse me, um, Nick's go, uh, the Pegasus outside of Nick's go and, and life is good really wasn't very good, but, uh, he still kind of looked like he was going to be okay. Probably about three sixteenths out, right? Maybe between three sixteenths and a quarter mile out. And then he just kind of got late, and and it looked like he just got tired because yeah. all of a sudden horses that were struggling to keep up were were gaining on him, and and he and Midnight Bourbon, though I mean I've made this comment a, about thirteen times in a row now, Midnight Bourbon always gives up ground in the stretch. His his last eighth of a mile, he always loses ground. He's always an eighth of a mile to the wire than he is at the wire, but. They both gave ground at the end of that race, and it led me to believe that that maybe they went a little faster early than we thought they did, and uh, also that maybe a mile and a quarter is just a little bit outside of, of his scope, or at least a mile and a quarter over that surface. And, I mean, don't forget that um, life is not like I keep saying life is good. Next go <laughs> went to Saudi last year, and... Did not run very well and then came back and ran into Met Mile and really didn't run very well either. So uh, don't be too quick to write off life as good as a contender at the top of the the sport in back in North America, because, I mean, the defending horse of the year was in a similar position last year, Correct. right around this time as well. Yeah, it seems like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit finicky in that way, and, and horses take to it and some don't. I mean, you know, look at what Pinehurst did and didn't do. Yeah, Pinehurst but uh, I think was, he got hurt, right? I guess he's more or less, yeah, I think he's hurt, so he was more or less eased. I mean, that certainly is not, uh, that, that's, you know, that no, wasn't that, his race. I mean, obviously, getting, getting hurt was yeah. unfortunate, <laughs> but that, that makes a lot of sense in that he just kind of, you know, pulled the jockey, pulled him up. Yeah, no, you can't hold that against him. But I mean, he took to the surface at Saudi and and ran yeah. his face off, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's it, it. It just seems if they take to it, they don't. You know, they do, and if they don't, they don't. I mean, 
Uh, even Nick's go last year was struggling in Saudi. And I don't think it had anything to do with the spacing between races or anything like that. He just just seemed like he didn't like the surface. I mean, the one thing that I'd commented on about country grammar was that a lot of people thought that he would improve off the layoff. And I, I wasn't one of them, mostly because Baffert is a trainer that his horses generally don't need races. I mean, when they run, even off of layoffs, they're usually ready to roll. He had run pretty damn good in Saudi, better than I expected. And I thought to myself, he might be ready to regress. Maybe he ran uh, really good, and, and, and maybe with all the shipping, and, and uh, perhaps he's not going to run quite as good. Uh, but obviously I was wrong about that. He ran, uh, I don't know if he ran better or not, but he, he certainly ran well, well enough to win. And I, I guess Midnight Charlie ran well, um, or Hot Rod Charlie, Midnight Charlie. Um, but it was a strange race. It really was. Coming out of it, I, I don't know how to... to yeah, it's I, hard. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what you think about um, Midnight Bourbon. I, I don't know what you think about Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, can Country Grammar come back to the U.S. and keep that same form? Uh, where is he going to run <laughs> since he's not going to be running in New York or he's not going to be running in in uh, a Churchill track? So I'm not even sure. I guess he's going to have to stay out on the West Coast. Um, I mean, you know, comparatively between Hot Rod Charlie and Life is Good, um, I, I don't think, you know, Hot Rod Charlie could ever kind of turn the tables on – Life is good unless it's in a mile and a quarter race. Other than that, yeah, Hot Rod Charlie has shown the ability to get the mile and a quarter. I don't, yeah. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I think even a losing effort in the Belmont, he showed that the distance yeah, really doesn't... isn't a problem for him. But but he's it... not super quick, and he he just doesn't have the same kind of electric sort of speed. He's kind of a grinding type. Yeah, agreed. And... It'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Uh, Life is good coming out of that race. If if they, uh, I mean the the target that is probably the most prestigious of all races in the springtime uh, would be the Met Mile. And would they be willing to come back and cut them back from a mile and a quarter back to a mile? The um, tough cutback. I don't like that cutback to be honest yeah. with. You. Unless they plan on sprinting kind of the rest of the way. But, yeah, I, I don't know it. That, that's the thing is like, where else do you run them? And and um, I'm not really. Uh, I mean, no race really seems to to fit. And I, I don't know how much time they're going to give him off as well. Uh, I, I guess it probably depends a lot on on uh, you know how he ships back, how he how he comes back in training, and and so on and so forth. But but it does you know it it, it is a kind of a dilemma because it had he had he handled the mile and a quarter you would have probably you know circle races like the Whitney or the um uh, maybe run them in Kentucky and the Stephen Foster or I I, I don't know it, it, it's just uh it'll be interesting to see see what uh what Todd and company decide to do with him because um, you know, with the Breeders' Cup being in a mile and a quarter, and I know the Breeders' Cup is a long, long ways away. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a 
it's well, just it's, it's why a, they want it's why they run the races right it's a good problem to have i guess you know you have options so you know you could go one way or the other where some horses don't really have that luxury uh, no that's 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 very true that is very true uh we will uh we will see i mean it's part of the it's part of the intrigue of of uh of the game of you know yeah. when uh, when a horse has a a setback you know what when, when they have a uh a, a race that doesn't go as planned at a distance that you know the horse hadn't shown an ability to to handle um you know what what happens where do you go like i, I don't know it, it's a it's a very good question because it's you know, a horse of his caliber is his talent. You would think that they would mostly try to race in grade one races. Um, so, so we'll see. I guess we'll we'll definitely see. But um, we have the Florida Derby coming up, and that's uh, it's kind of the next um, big event here, right? Yeah. So, in the Arkansas Derby. Yeah, the Philly being in there makes that a much more intriguing race. Um for sure, certainly it's it's not the uh not the deepest of of Florida of uh, Arkansas Derbies. And the um, Wood Memorial on the 9th, right? The Wood Memorial is on the 9th, that's right. Um And the Bluegrass. Uh the Bluegrass is kind of looking like where it, it it's it, the Baffert contingent or the ex Baffert contingent. <laughs> yeah, well, I think or the one horse points. that went to uh, went to to Brissett is probably going to run in the Jeff Ruby, right? You would think because he won on the synthetic at Golden Gate, and uh, you would guess that, that that that's where they would be running him, and um, he's got a free trip to the Preakness, so you would maybe think that that that's the, the I, I hope that that that's the, the plan they take because honestly uh, the jeff ruby first and second place horses taking up two spots in the derby is i mean they haven't done a thing since animal kingdom and that was like a decade ago so uh and and we might get two japanese horses um i don't like the japanese horses yeah but you can't th- you can't completely toss them at this point well, I can toss them because most of the success that the Japanese have had are the old hard-knocking horses that they've sent overseas. And these horses have two or three starts, and I think it's a different a different ball game. I mean, if you look at the money earned on those Japanese horses over the weekend, I mean, they all earned two, three, four, six, eight million dollars. So there's a reason why they they don't go overseas outside of just the very very best races. But I'm gonna say it again. I, I don't see how you can prep for the Kentucky Derby with two starts this year, um, especially one that's a, a long ways from, from yeah Churchill class yeah. So, uh, I I thought the price that he was listed at twenty to one is really a ridiculously low price. 
just simply because it, it's difficult. I mean, that horse has got to ship back from Saudi. I'm assuming he's going back to Japan first, and then he's got to go from Japan to the U.S., and that's a lot of shipping, and there's a lot of things that have to go right for the horse. He's starting gate. Um, and if there wasn't, if something happened and, and they couldn't hook up the giant Japanese simulcast market into our pools, I yeah. think the horse would be 20 to 1 anyways. I think it'd be 21 morning or on, on race day, but he's going to be shorter than that. Probably if the Japanese market is allowed to bet into our, our pools. So, uh, I mean, that's one of the primary reasons why Churchill has, has wanted to get Japanese horses in because they, you know, the Japanese generally will not take races from overseas unless their horses are participating in the races. So, I mean, it seems like it's helped the Breeders' Cup a little bit. And, um, so, so we'll see. I mean, I, personally, I, I like it. It's a good thing. And, and yeah, you know, the, the they, they uh, worked at developing the racing, breeding, training programs in conjunction with, with each other. They all fit together. Um, and they've taken, some, they've taken some stallions from this country that really weren't going to be very popular over here. I'm not talking Sunday Silence. That was 30 years ago. But just in recent times, they've taken some stallions that would not, um, you know, people wouldn't have been uh, lining up to, to get to. And they've gone over there and they've been successful. So they obviously have a good program and it works. And, uh, you know, it's another another country that's, a factor in these big international events. And to me, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see. I mean, I'll never forget the first Japanese horse I saw, you know, compete internationally was at uh, Cesario. Oh yeah. And uh, Hollywood, right? At Hollywood. Yeah. The American Oaks, she just destroyed the field. I mean, that was, that was a, that but was a massively. Didn't they have a sprinter race. that came out? Yeah. A couple years ago and he, and he went to California and they tried to race him out Lasix and he, I think he ran good or he won one and then they ran him back and he bled like out the nose and I was like, he just didn't, that was it for him. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they sent uh, uh, some horses over to try the arc and, um, but they've got, you know, they bought a lot of great mares, not good mares, great mares. And, uh, they're a they're a force. I mean, they are they are definitely a force. It's not a fluke anymore. They're winning in Dubai. They're winning in Saudi Arabia. They're winning in in uh, Hong Kong. They're they're winning in the U.S. There's not a lot more worlds left for them to conquer. But uh, Australia, yeah, yeah. I guess Australia's uh, the next one. But Australia's a little tougher because it's it's you know Southern Hemisphere. So that always makes it a little more difficult being that you know opposite season thing but but it's uh you know listen the more the more the more places that have good horse great horse racing the better so anyways uh that's it for tonight that's been a uh a long night uh we did a pomp. hopefully the sound was good enough i mean at the pomp it's always a question mark but but I re really am looking forward to to go to that. You know, it's a it's a really nice distraction to have that that kind of event, and it's great to see the guys uh, see people so excited to to be involved. And you got Wally's going to be the starter, and uh, you know, Beamy's coming down to call a race. You're coming in. A bunch of people are I've I've, I've talked to are are going to be there. So so it'll be fun, and uh, 
I'm not sure if we're gonna if we're gonna do any taping from tomorrow next week. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe we'll we'll tape a segment early, or we'll even do uh, pregame interviews. Wing it. <laughs> yes, sir. So, well, I appreciate you uh, staying up late, and uh, I gotta go make sure that the, the boys are, are getting oh. served at Flanagan's. Yeah, they still saw the dolphin there. The... Yes, sir. Okay, that's the Tyreek hit the Tyreek Hill burger. There you go. We're back. Yeah, that's a great pickup. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks for everyone for listening. And uh, if if the audio wasn't great, I'm sorry, but uh, we'll get them next week. <laughs> we're, we're trying stuff, man. We're trying stuff. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles and we're going to expand on the handicapping especially uh you know with julian's writing who who used julian used to write for american turf monthly um but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to have, be interested in and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered and uh we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a, a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll, uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly... Uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, 
Well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to uh, read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys.